Before we begin the show, I just want to say that this podcast is brought to you by the Wedding Video Boss Patreon page. There you can pledge as low as $1 to keep the show going. Different tiers give you different perks like transcripts of all the current episodes. This is for those who don't have time to listen for an hour. You also have extra episodes that are a little bit more in-depth and straight to the point. Also, for a limited time, coaching sessions with me. So head on over to www.patreon.com that's p a t r e o n.com/weddingvideoboss to learn more. All right, see you there. I love the wedding companies that are building their email list which are typically prospects, engaged couples, recently married and they and for the really good like articles where it's how to's and stuff they're shooting out these quickie email blasts, you know, if they're on a podcast where they've t- spoken with you and it's been a good fit for them to share with their audience, you'd want them to send that out as well. Um, I would say a press page is great once you have minimally three to four great pickups. Um, and just so people can see them because now more than ever, engaged couples are researching people like crazy. And so it's important to be able to go and, um, you know, it will, it's important at this point to be able to have the couples come to your site and see that third party credibility by having all that press. Oh, man, I can't wait for you to hear the rest of this. Welcome to the Wedding Video Boss podcast, where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative. And on Mondays, I invite over business gurus, wedding creatives that talk about particular topics in their field. And today in this episode, Megan, Ely, and I discuss how PR can help build your brand. So if you want to build a bigger brand, learn to have a good PR strategy and get your work featured, you you have to tune in. In this episode, I'll ask her, what should you know when you're crafting a PR strategy, especially if we don't have any money to pay a PR company yet? How has the media landscape changed over recent years this is really important because this is so good to know especially coming from her as a pr firm what would a typical pitch look like so it's this is pretty much i'm gonna ask her about if you want to get our work featured or if we want an article to be featured how can someone like me a videographer best portray my expertise and industry knowledge without showing a video of my work i just came up with that question i can't wait to ask her And then I'm also going to ask her, let's say I'm going to pitch some topics or expertise to a writer, but they don't respond. What does the follow-up process look like? These other two I just found on the internet, and then I'm going to ask her, what does the process look like in terms of getting featured? And what should you do once you've been published? What are the steps you need to take? And what are some tips for building strong relationships with writers for ongoing press opportunities. So don't go away right after this intro music. We're going to go straight to business, which is the music is about to start now. OFD consulting owner Megan Ely combines in the trenches event experience with a love of wedding PR to empower her clients to take their businesses to new heights. A longtime industry speaker and writer, she is a Wedding Wire education expert as well as a regular contributor to Wedding Planner Magazine, Wedding Business Magazine, Cater Source, and SpecialEvents.com. 
Megan represents clients globally and has earned them coverage with the New York Times, Martha Stewart Weddings, The Knot, Refinery29, Forbes, and Real Simple, among other outlets. Her team's publicity efforts are regularly honored by the Public Relations Society of America. Megan is the vice president of the 2019 WIPA National Board and a member of the NACE Conference Education Committee. She is an adjunct professor in the Mass Communication Department at Virginia Commonwealth University, specializing in public relations. Most recently, special events honored her as one of the top 25 young professionals in the event industry. Man... No, there's so much pressure. But without further ado, friends, help me in welcoming Megan Ely. Hey, Megan. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So I, to people who don't know, I met... Actually, um, yeah, to people who don't know, I met you through Kylie. Yes, we do. We have some mutual uh, industry friends. So, yeah. and I'm a I'm an a usual a pretty um, enthusiastic podcast nut. So I love meeting new industry or new to me industry podcasts. And I have to be honest with you. The moment you emailed me, and there's like a photo on your email, and I'm like, oh my gosh, her hair looks so good. <laughs> I I could actually oh I could already relate to you because it you is- have the same. <laughs> This is already my favorite podcast I've ever been on. So, and it's only been 30 seconds. Oh, no. no. Let me me just encourage to the crowd. We're here to talk about PR. But listen, if you're going great, just own it. I think you and I both are good examples of people who said, we're just going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's perfect too. I don't know if you get this a lot, but you you also have a very young face. So people always ask me, like they always ask me, hey, do you color your hair? I'm like, no, I don't color my hair. This yes. And so what I did is the, I don't spend as much in coloring now, but now I spend more in my skin just so like once a year, someone will still try and card me. That just makes me feel better about myself. So, <laughs> oh, my skin, my skin is hopeless. So good, good for you for taking care of your skin. <laughs> okay. So before we start, I would love it if you would uh, tell the listeners and the viewers something about yourself that they probably don't know about you. People would be surprised, if, you know, about me. Oh, okay. There's a, I think I, I go between two things. One is um, for those who do know me and I think the nature of my business, it's very type A, it's very organized. I come from events. That's not a surprise that I'm very, very um, uptight in type A. I've got my Yankee background. Most people would be shocked that my sock drawer is a disaster. My drawers, my clothing drawers are a complete disaster. So if you see someone where I hit every deadline, I get the things in early, we're on top of it. But if you came into my house, which is, I'd like to think is pretty sparkling, and you went up to my room, it would be like like bombs of clothes going off when you open my drawers. People are very surprised about that. And I would also say they'd be surprised that I have tattoos, but uh, tattoos, only two, but it makes it seem like I have more, but I don't. <laughs> so I... We we also have like a guest bedroom, and that's where I dump all my clothes. Oh yeah. Whenever we no have laundry, yeah, we, my wife folds it, and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put it in the cabinet, but I just put it on top of the bed, Someday. and it's just like an explosion of a hurricane of clothing there. <laughs> so I, I completely we can't be perfect, right? So we, there has we to be something wrong always, about us. Exactly. We need. <laughs> 
something. And and for me, that's my something. And I'm lucky that I found a husband who is okay. He thinks it's hilarious because he's like, if only people saw knew this about you <laughs> with how you have this reputation, you know? <laughs> that's cool. So um I would now I want to know um, what's your origin story, like how you got into the industry and what sure. you're up to right now. Well, I'm up, I'm up to all sorts of things. So <laughs> it's, so my background actually is an events. And so I, I love to start there with most people I'm talking to. Not everybody realizes. So I went to school for PR. That's a longer story, but um, it will say for another, another time. Um, but decided to go into events. I really had a pull towards that. When I got out of school, I did a year of AmeriCorps. So I actually did a year of community service in the U S and Virginia. I worked in the inner city schools. And in the meantime, I worked part-time at a historic venue. And I really felt a pull to do some, I, I wanted to work in AmeriCorps, but I really love the event industry from, from the outside perspective. And so went ahead and did that fell in love and it was backbreaking work. I worked at a nonprofit. I worked nights and weekends. Weekends. I did, um, there were times I mean, we would do volumes. It was tons of events on the weekends. And so I did that for a bunch of years, but always felt that pull to go back to, um, to PR. And so over time it evolved and I thought to myself, well, you know, I need to combine these two. And I have the insider insight, having done almost a thousand events, corporate social weddings. And now I can take all of these great PR principles. And I had stayed on top of that by doing, I was like PR chair of a local uh, wedding association, things like that. And to join forces. Um, I can tell you that it was a bit of a weird slippery road because it happened a couple years earlier than expected. I was, um, I accepted a job as director of caterer at a local place. And the plan was to be there for a few years. It was really, I'll be honest, it was great money. Um, I, I would have been one it easily, if not the highest paid director of catering. And I was like 26, 27, you know, in town, I negotiated it and I ended up staying three weeks. It was a horrible fit. That's the most polite way I could put it and um, made the decision to start in the middle of the recession. I was literally recession, just bought a house about to pay for a wedding. And I'm like, why not? We, why not start the company early with a little bit of support from friends who thought that, you know, and family who thought that was a good idea. Um, and so since then we've been doing it for 10 years. And these days we keep really busy couple different ways. We have a membership program where we work with wedding pros globally who serve as experts for all these great press inquiries. And then on the other side, we do retainer work, which basically means, you know, we are, we've, basically get in their business with them and we help create them as thought leaders. So I do a lot of speaking too. So we talked about wedding MBA. I'll be there. Um, and, and I just got back from, and I'm heading to NACE experience next. So I really enjoy talking about PR on the road and hopefully helping empower people to represent themselves because it, it truly is not brain surgery. At the end of the day, there's a lot of value to what I do. I'm not, not trying to discount that, but there's a lot that can be done internally before you bring in a publicist. So I go on the road and really talk about that. Just so you know, whenever I hear PR or a wedding business has a PR company, it always is next level to me. Just that just uh, immediately it elevates their brand. But, sure. Right. So I, yeah, yeah, people say that I had one of my, one of my clients is a good friend of mine. I called her and she jokingly said, I feel so cool taking this phone call from my publicist while I'm grocery shopping. So it's just kind of, <laughs> yeah. So it, it, that's the thing. Like it, it always, I, I kind of feel like a, a movie star or like a very important person whenever I have a publicist <laughs> because you know, you're trying to have, you're trying to organize not just your, your, your company, but also your, uh, 
your image for correct you know. and and really i'm sure it's partly optics as well i mean but if you think about it the people who bring on a publicist are the ones who tend to be leveling up their companies and they're at a point where they're pretty satisfied where they are from a growth standpoint doesn't mean they've stopped growing it they, they could continue on but you know sales is not their number one focus because it's a well-oiled machine and then from there um you know they're bringing in someone to help elevate what they're doing so there is I'm sure optics to it that get, gets people going, Ooh, you know, what is this? Yeah. So. It's really intimidating. That's why I'm like, when you, when you said that, uh, we could talk about my, my business and the PR, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is perfect. <laughs> oh, good. So good. just so to, to people who don't know what, uh, having a PR firm means, do you mind explaining it to them? Sure. So a publicist basically, it's so funny, you know, you ask this and I have to tell you, I had a really hard time, explaining it for a long time. I mean, if you're in the biz, you know what PR means, you know, but to the outside world, it's like, well, what are you, what are you doing for me? And luckily I was at, it was my hardest uh, speaking engagement to date. I spoke to 90 kindergartners. My son was in kindergarten. I did, I, I applied to do career day and I had to really create a basic understanding of what it is that I do. And I said, and now I use it all the time, I see the best in my clients who are wedding pros and I make sure everybody knows about it. So, so when you have a publicist, it's going to be that image. It's going to be making sure you're getting published potentially for real weddings. You could be published for being quoted in things as an expert. You could be an award winner. It could be speaking. It could be podcast interviews um, and just making sure that everyone knows how great you are basically and really leveraging your expertise and seeing what the potential in your story is to get it out to the right audience okay wow that's your elevator pitch that's amazing yeah i did not mean for it to be but yeah that sounded good didn't it <laughs> it's so easy to understand if you could yeah. explain it to kindergartners you could explain exactly. it to everyone i feel like i nailed it finally once i had to like speak to six-year-olds in mass and then i was like oh i'm actually going to keep that and use that from now on yeah it's um having do, so would you say that majority of people online who have like a push with their branding would mm -hmm. you say how many percentage how much percentage would you say that people have a pr pr firm like wedding oh, people gosh. at least wedding that people that would be really t i don't have the numbers on it if i could make an observation kind of a guess with that <sighs> oh that's tough because we're talking about someone who has an offsite publicist, right? But then you have some people that are big enough to have in-house publicity teams, like the Colin Cowies of the world have full-time employees for gotcha. that. Sort of thing. But then you've got, you know, others who bring in somebody versus those representing themselves. If I could hedge my bets and know that this is strictly a guess at this, it's an educated guess. I would say probably about half ish of the people out there half who ish. really okay. are just, everywhere you know um they either have a publicist or they have they could even have a public relations intern for all we know they could have in internal marketing um i would say half maybe a little bit under that but um, a lot of those guys are getting help and the ones that aren't to their credit you know they have the right relationships for their own reasons whether they prioritize that over other things um there are some people who attend certain conferences and, and get in with the right people i mean it just really depends okay that's cool. I love that because um, when I, I did networking last night, I went to like this 
usually I go to wedding networking events, but this okay. one in particular we went to, and it's like a socialite mixer, which oh. is more of like other businesses. And mm-hmm. I got so intimidated because I'm like, holy crap, these people are just rolling in with Lamborghinis, and they're just like <laughs> bigger, bigger people. So, you know, I feel like. You could only do so much by yourself when you're trying to get yourself out there. Is that true? Well, I would say there are some people who have represented themselves and done very well at it. Um, I would say there, and those are outliers for the majority. There's, I'd almost want to say there's only only so much time you can put into it um, because the more you put into marketing and PR for yourself, the more time it takes away from actually doing your craft, you know, unless you're willing to maybe bring in an editor and bring, you know what I mean? And so it's like something has to get, you can't have all the fires burning at once. It's like, could I do my own accounting? Maybe, but I, all the time it takes, I'm terrible at math to get that all right would take me away from my relationships with my editors and with my clients. You know what I mean? So there's only so much time you can allocate it to yourself. And, um, I would say a few people I'm sure in the, in there are going to be outliers have done it themselves. Well, but for the majority, like anything, there's going to be a point where it makes sense to bring in help for it. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I really have a good feeling that in the next five years, there's going to be a boom in delegation because that's, that's where, hope. yeah, because people, small businesses are, there was like a time where, oh, you have to do this and this and this by yourself. And, you know, mm-hmm. people kind of kind of got burnt out and we got burnt out too. Like in the last five years, we were just trying to do everything ourselves. So I'm yeah, so excited for the next five years because I know that it's going to be. Absolutely. And I think we're, we're absolutely in a gig economy right now. And so we're seeing, you know, for me, it might be the publicist or you bring in an accountant like myself. And, and I have a financial consultant who does all of my number. I mean, she's incredible. Um, Michelle would say to Wedding Pros, quick shout out because she's, she's one of the best investments I've had for, you know, doing that sort of thing. But there's also the gig. So it's, you know, I just had a design done. I have a great designer, but I needed um, a freebie design. So I go, I have a person that I use on Fiverr and I have a transcriber on Fiverr. Fiverr. So I may not have someone on retainer all the time, but I do have, because of this economy where it's so accessible, it's much easier to be able to delegate. And I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the the people who delegate well are the ones who delegate, but then they take that time that they were going to use for that and they put it to good use in their company. You know what I mean? So I tell the people, I tell people, listen, if you can hire someone like us and take that time that you used to spend on real wedding submissions and work on business development to work on improving the client experience, that's how it's going to be worth it, bringing in someone like me. So I just realized when you said that, that for us, because we, we have a big team. We do um, we do high-volume wedding videos, right? So we do mm-hmm. about 70, 70 to 100 a year. Wow. And we, we have in-house editors, and we delegated everything. But what we didn't know was what we're going to do with the extra time that we got. So I yeah. really wished we had someone to tell us, like, okay, now this is what you need to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So... It's- Exactly. Well, for me, this is what I tell people when I speak. I talk a lot about setting goals, which I know sounds very kumbaya, but I say, listen, you're point A, you need to get to point B. What has to happen to get there? And if you you delegate a publicist, a marketing person, a financial person to help get you there, you really need to think about what are the activities that are going to get me there next? You know, I 
would love to double the membership of our collective. It's been growing and, and it, there's room for experts to be joining us. And so I brought in a virtual assistant and a new full-time person with the hope that I can get more off my plate that once I train them and then I can work on, I can work in the business on building email lists and email marketing and things like that. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's something we all have to learn from and, and how to really make the best use of our time. Okay. So, well, I, I want to get this out of the way. I, this this question I asked you earlier, I want to get yeah. this out of the way because I wanted to have, I wanted the listeners to have like a, a number in their head. Like how, what, what's the typical, like average rate for someone to, if they want to get a PR consultant? Sure. Um, that's always a tough one because there's such a wide range of pricing. I'm very upfront about pricing. You're going to find with me. Um, I will say, so the good news is with us, with our wedding pair membership, which is the OFD collective, that's a very unique business model. Um, but we put all our pricing out there and you're looking at a pretty minimal investment of between like 129 and 229 a month. And that is pretty hands off because really people, everyone, Everyone prices themselves differently, but I would imagine most publicists have to bear in mind the labor, the time that goes into it, the intricacies, the complications, the challenges. And so I price that at a very small business friendly price because it is, these guys are not meeting with me regularly. You know, we're not pitching out for them outside of the weddings. So, but when you come to being on retainer, it is going to depend on a few things regionally, the experience of the person, but you could see anywhere from, I mean, I'm throwing, I'm going to give you a wide range and forgive me here, but most of them are going to be between 1500 all the way up to even 7,500. And that doesn't include the tens of thousands of dollar retainers that corporate are paying to publicists. You know what I mean? If we're talking someone who's bringing a lifestyle publicist on retainer, it's going to be, you know, it'd be hard pressed to find someone for under 1500. And then that would be limited, you know, cost like a limited hours, I should say. And then it could go upwards towards five, six, 7,000. I'm sure there's some outliers on both of those, but um, people are ready to make a pretty considerable investment when they bring someone in. Cause ideally you bring in a publicist who is literally going to be like the, they're sitting in the office next to you. And so there's a lot of time that goes into that. Okay. And you're talking about monthly, right? 15 monthly to uh, per month. Mm -hmm. Wow. Whew, man. But you know, sure. And it depends. It depends yeah. on what their needs are. And if you have someone who is looking to increase their business and they're going to see a direct return on investment and have asked themselves the question, what has to happen in order for this to be a success, then that the, the cost that goes in, if you have a publicist who is booking you and speaking engagements and you're making that sort of similar rate, then it's going to pay for itself. Yes, exactly. I was just going to say, like, the when you gave me the price, I didn't really back up and say whoa that's too much i immediately mm -hmm. i immediately immediately thought that holy crap this is just gonna take us to the next level if ever we do this because mm -hmm. you know it's you you're adding someone to your team that the main purpose of that person is to elevate your company and that's that's really exciting for me 
Mm-hmm. Well, that, and that's the hope. And that's why we created the collective too, so that it was more baby steps into PR where people who said, well, I just want to dip my toes in and, and yada, yada, yada. That's where it's like, okay, you know, then this is a great, this sort of investment is a lot easier to swallow, you know, do two twenty nine a month. And then people, you're going to get up to eight, you know, submissions a year for your weddings. And you get, you know, we probably have about, we have between 30 and 40 press inquiries every month for these guys to be able to chime in on. And so if they want to, take the time to be, you know, get connected to Martha Stewart weddings and brides.com, then that pricing model works for them. Okay. So it, 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 it's different if I want to have feature my, my wedding and it's different if I want to feature myself, like me as a brand, right? That's a great way to put it. I mean, that's my world, but everyone's a little bit different with that. We've done over 600 wedding, real wedding submissions at this point. I love to think we are as, as well-oiled machine as you're going to find in the industry. So we're able to maximize, uh, you know, people's bank for their buck and get them out the door with relative quickness and in with quality. And so everyone's a little bit different, but really, if you're looking for someone to create, help create this reputation for you, that's always going to cost more. And I, you know, I've been reading up on you and I, I, I actually forgot to congratulate you on the oh. award nomination. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, congratulations on that. It's, uh, oh, thank you. it's really nice to see that you're not only trying to elevate other businesses, but you're actually excelling in the industry too. Well, we're trying. It's it's funny. We just came back from this great PRSA, which is Public Relations Society of America. And we came back and we were so excited. We won three awards. The whole team came, yada, yada. Wow. And I think it elevates like it, it. Well, first of all, it puts a bounce in your step, right? I mean, it just does. And, it, and I think for us, because wedding PR is so different than traditional PR, and there's only about a dozen of us who do it. I'm sure most people scratch their heads. Publicists going, what in the world? What do they do? And so it, it gives us that momentum and hopefully, um, you know, recognition among our peers that I think every small business owner is looking for, to be honest. That's right. That's right. I love that. So there's just, just almost a handful of you, huh? There's not a lot of, there are not a lot of us and we're all very different. I'd like to think I, I know a few of them. They're all really lovely and we all have our own focuses. Some people are wedding and lifestyle. I'm one of the few that's very strictly in weddings. Like that's that's where we live. We're very niched. Um, I would say I'm the only one, as far as I know, so you know, grain of salt, where we also that that kind of retainer side is more industry PR. So it's B2B among your peers. And as far as I know, we're, we're literally the only we're the only PR firm that focuses primarily on that. So I guess it's to anyone out there, there's something to be said for niching yourself, whether you're in PR or videography. Yeah. The riches are in the niches. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to put that on a mug. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So now that we've talked about that and the, what the rates are for those who are wondering, so like for myself, like how do, how would I know when it's time for me to hire a PR firm? Oh, that's a great question. It, you know, first of all, <laughs> it's a lot of things you have, you have to be very self-aware about your company, right? Because a lot of us, we're, we're either too hard on ourselves, myself included, or we've got those rose-tinted glasses. Yeah, and the other side of it. And so you have to be very honest with yourself and too hard on yourself too. So publicity is at a point where your sales are, are moving along well. You know that you're you're in a in a good comfortable spot. You can financially look ahead. 
um, either on your own or with the help of someone like a Michelle or something like that and say, okay, I've got the cash flow coming in. I'm looking at, and I know this isn't sexy, but I'm looking at my metrics. I see that we're booking ahead for 2020 and I'm ready to stand out further from the competition. Um, some people have had early successes in PR on their own, which is wonderful. Um, and, and they, what they're ready to do is take that off their plate so they can recycle or reuse or excuse me that's the wrong term they can just take that time and repurpose it that's the right word repurpose it for something else that will get them from point a to point b um we tend to see this a lot with photographers and planners although really anybody can benefit from pr um if there's someone who is really really interested in their google rankings so from an seo standpoint and they're looking to rank higher on google search engine optimization it, we all know that Google loves backlinks to your site. So link, like other websites linking back to you. And so for someone looking to really collect a lot of links in that manner too, PR can be great because you're being quoted and you're being linked to. So really at the end of the day, you want them established. You want them to have the expertise because how in the world can I coordinate? Like, I don't want someone in the collective if they've only been in it added a year and can't answer any of the 40 article opportunities we have coming in because they don't know yet. It's just too early. Um, and then likewise, they also usually need the portfolio as well. A great portfolio where they're able to submit it out as well. So if there's someone who's one or two years in business and it's just at a point where, you know, they're still learning the ropes and they just you know, it's more inspiration shoots than anything. That's not the right time to bring in a publicist, even if that sounds like a good idea. Okay. Oh man, that's that's good to know because you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there, including myself, that every single year I'm like, I I, I think it's time. I think it's time for me that's to it. <laughs> at least like do a push and you do the brand, and then I get stopped whenever someone asks me a question. And I'm like. Hmm, I don't really know anything about that. So that's mm -hmm. that's a good thing to know. For well, just us, yeah. Keep in mind, yeah, because the the ones who come in, you know, we've got this great uh, press opportunity right now with the big national wedding site and it's all about contracts and it's a what as a vendor should should people expect to see in your contract what protects you what protects them and then also is kind of an ancillary article on um what to do if a couple like if they're going to cancel their wedding for one reason or another what to expect and if people can't come in and answer those questions and usually you need a few years of experience to see hopefully you don't have a cancellation right away you know you're gonna you will only benefit from press once you have the expertise to share with people okay yeah that's that that's correct because we when we encountered something like that we're like uh we don't know what to do so here's the money here's the money back exactly oh gosh <laughs> i had one year i used to average about 25 weddings a year at one particular property I was at. And I am not kidding. And I hope this doesn't come out wrong because I'm I certainly felt terrible for the couples. I had five cancellations in a year, five out of 25. Like I was, I was touted as the grim reaper of wedding. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing or what's happening. Obviously you feel terrible for the couples, but you're like, but you're kind of turning a side eye on yourself saying, I don't know if anyone should book with me anymore because I'm just bad, bad luck. Hey, at least they didn't break up after. Cause That's what I, I say. Know, I know someone who uh, they, they do the weddings and then just 
a lot of the, the the ratio of the breakups and the actual people that stay together are more. So, oh, I know. I actually had. I should not be dishing, but it's been 15 years. So here we go. Um, we had one couple that were they, they were back and forth on whether they were going to cancel the wedding, and the dad kept calling uh, God love them, and it was he was financing it. He and he and his wife, his the mom, and they were basing on when to decide based on because a lot of venues what they'll do is they'll buy incrementally make you pay more money depending how close you are to the event. So like maybe you owe 75% if you're 60 days in versus 60% because you're six months out and they kept trying to decide and they were wavering based on what they owed us. And I, I, if I had had the ability to do, I would have said, I think this should just break up and not worry about them. Like, like it sounds like this is on the tail end of not working out. You know what I mean? Like that's a, priority sort of thing. So unfortunately it does happen. And so, yeah, yeah. it's people to have unfortunately gone through that, but that gives you the, the information to be able to share with writers who are there to educate, you know, future engaged couples. Yeah. And, you know, having, having like a really good strategy too can yes. help you. Yeah. So, well, now I want to get into the actual thing that we're going to talk about, which is PRs. PR, PR strategy and like what, how we're going to handle it. So my first question for you is what, uh, what should a company know? What should a wedding creative know when they are trying to craft a PR strategy from the, for themselves? Isn't that a great question? You know what's better? If we have an actual conversation about it. I created a Facebook group just for the bosses. That's right. I'm calling y'all bosses because I really want to hear what you think. Let's talk about your business, share your frustrations, and celebrate your victories. I want to surround myself with driven, hardworking people so we can help each other out and not feel like I'm being judged all the time. Let's talk about business. I can't wait to see you there, so visit the show notes after the interview and click on the link. Okay, now let's get back to the show. So there are a few things they want to know ahead of time, and that's a great question because you know, we hear about PR, whether we're listening to a great podcast episode, whether we're hearing someone on stage or they're reading an article and we just want to go full steam ahead. And I always warn people not to do that. Instead, what they need to do is consider a bunch of things. And some of it I already mentioned. So um, one of them is goals. Of course, where do you want to see yourself in a year, five years, you could do three years, 10 years. Um, statistics show that if you're able to truly visualize kind of what those, those ambitions and goals and dreams are, you're far more likely to make those goals. And so what does that look like? And where do you see the brand going um, from there? And then how does PR play a role in it? Like you really want to ask yourself, because I ask this to every, every prospect who comes in the door, what does PR mean to you? Where do you want to be published? And a lot of people say, I don't know. And I tell them that's a perfectly good answer, but I would suggest they think about that a little bit because what are the expectations uh, going into it? My favorite question, again, I'll, I'll say it one more time is what has to happen in order for this to be success for you and why? Um, I usually tell people start thinking about maybe three spots where ideally you'd like to be featured. Um, what medium makes the most sense for you, whether you're being quoted in something, a real wedding feature. Um, some people are hot for TV. I will tell you that is not something we specialize in personally. I don't, I don't see huge ROI on that, um, based on what a headache TV can be. And so, but it just depends, um, you know, podcasts, of course, as well. And, um, you really have to ask yourself what's going to make the most sense. And at the end of the day, it goes down to an incredibly unsexy formula of you've got a message. You want to reach out to this audience. And, and you said the niche thing you said, again, I got to get a mug for that, but you really want to 
focus on what that audience is. And it's not necessarily engaged couples with money. It could be maybe you're doing a ton of South Asian weddings, a lot of Indian weddings, destination weddings, what have you. What is that audience? And basically PR is you want to get that message to that audience with the appropriate media channels, right? So start thinking about all those things. And and I would say just being mindful of that message that you want to present to a greater public. So it really goes down because I wouldn't want anyone to spend any money or time on PR, marketing, advertising, any of that until they have a really solid foundation of where they want to go. Okay. I, the um, When I started the podcast, well, I, I conceptualized the podcast two years ago, right? Yeah. And oh, then, did you really? Yeah, it, it took me so long because of imposter syndrome and, you know, just I don't know who to ask. What what topics what topics am I going to do? What topics am I going to talk about? But then I realized the riches are in the niches. So I'm like, wait, I do wedding videos for a living and I love to talk about business. So I'll just yeah. I'll just concentrate on that, like business, business for wedding videographers. And then eventually, which is weird because it's started to become something else it became something for other wedding vendors too so now mm -hmm. i just enjoy talking to business gurus and the experts in the industry so perfect yeah. i think that's wonderful so you know all about that and then for me i'm kind of the opposite where i was more general based like wedding pr and marketing more to wedding pr and now really focus on wedding industry pr so it's it's different for everybody so my next question is um since you've been doing this for a few years now, what what has changed, like the, the media landscape, how has mm -hmm. it changed over the recent years? It has changed a billion percent in so many different directions. And so I've been doing this 10 years as OFD. And of course, I had my finger on the pulse of PR before that. But we're seeing a bunch of things. First of all, we're seeing a decline in print. I mean, there is no way around it. Print is still stronger in weddings than it is for, you know, the general public, because anyone can see that with all the news articles that come out. But, you know, Martha Stewart wedding print um, closed, but now it's down. Now they've changed it. So it's just once a year. So you've got that, right? And then you've got um, Bright's magazine just got purchased a few weeks ago and they can't, they've quit the, the prints done for them as well. And so we're seeing that. We are seeing a huge rise in blogs. Like everyone has a blog. There's tons of wedding blogs. Really? For better or for worse, right? I mean, there's a lot of great ones out there. We're seeing a huge support and rise of, again, I guess niche is like the word of the day here, but niche bloggers, which it's amazing to see these great um, regional blogs really do tremendously well, or ones that are focused on, you know, whether it's Jewish weddings, um, like Smashing the Glass is a great example, or Maharani weddings for Indian weddings. All of those, you know, they are doing very well, or, or seemingly like they're, they're just awesome and they're direct channels to the right um folks, you are seeing a huge change in the media landscape in terms of who's staying and who's leaving. I would say the last 18 months have been seen the biggest changes in the wedding media landscape where Style Me Pretty almost shut down out of yeah. no, I mean, seemingly, you know, they say out of nowhere, but the fact is, you know, Abby and Tate Larson sold it for probably a lot of money, we can assume, and they sold it to a huge company. And that huge company, I, I'm not surprised at some point, even if it was moderately successful, who knows what success is them. The fact that they were closing it down, that, that was not a huge surprise to me just based on corporate America, but it did shock most people. And so, um, of course, now it's back up and running. But the fact is, if those guys could potentially shut down, it really means anybody could. And so that really kind of put us on alert. 
Uh, you've got the Knot and Wedding Wire merger, of course, which I, I never thought would happen. And here we are in this post-merger world, um, looking at that and trying to decipher what that all means. And we're also seeing, and this is to your credit as well, the diversification to new mediums. So while print is for more, I don't want to say on their way out because there's still some really great strong wedding print out there. So I, you know, absolutely great for them. The not still out there. Destination I do magazines is a wonderful one. There's a lot of them, but we're diversifying to other forms of media, including podcasts. I'm seeing a huge, I'm sure you're seeing this too, an increase in the number of podcasts out there. And I think that's one of the best ways to get in front of um, clients because it's you're showcasing your personality, which is what couples want to see. And you're also showcasing your, um, you know, your portfolio in the sense of your expertise. So it's just like, I mean, the last 18 months have been gangbusters, crazy, just, and, and I'm not surprised by anything anymore. And so I'm always telling people, it's you used to be able to kind of sit back and let things happen, but now you've got to have a hand in it. You know, if you're submitting, you need to know has, has a person you're submitting, are they cutting back on the amount of wedding content? Are they splitting to lifestyle art, which a lot of them are doing? Are they having, are they showing up less on social media? Are they still in business? Are they pay for play, which is actually, um, people are very divisive about pay to play editorial. It's not editorial, it's advertorial. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I could go on. We'll have to grab a drink at Wedding MBA and talk about this for like hours. But just in short, it, it's really put us on hyper alert to the fact that changes happen. And just like anything in entrepreneurism, you've got to stay ahead of the curve and be very aware of what's going on. Yeah, I, I think um, you're right. It, blogs are coming up, which is weird because they've always been there. But I now think, everyone has one. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, the wedding industry has been sailing along for a few years now because of social media because of like instagram all they have to do is just post their stuff and people comment but now just like what michael steltzner said social media marketer uh social media examiner he said the pendulum is shifting to content and people need to know that it's not just going to be pretty pictures anymore it's going to be about the blogs and Mm -hmm. Also, I don't know if you noticed, but I've been researching on this because I talked to I talked about it actually in um, Rising Tide, and my, my topic, like with Kylie, was video mm-hmm. marketing. Yeah, and I noticed that Facebook is designed to compete with YouTube. So they're saying by 2021, Facebook is going to be all video because that's that's the push that they're trying to do because mm-hmm. that's where the revenue's at. And yeah. videos, the next thing. So, you know the 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 trend in media for the wedding industry mm-hmm. is just shifting. But it's just like it's like a circle. You know, the sometimes it's going to be in the bottom and then it's going to go up. But people sure. have, I think, the millennials have a really short attention span. Just like uh, yeah. me, I I'm not a millennial, <laughs> but I I also have a short attention span. But it just it really depends on what medium you. Really, and what's so fascinating about this is video is not only the next big thing, it is the big thing. It's crazy to me. Like two years ago, I was paying quite a shelling out quite a bit to get a video about OFD consulting. And so like, I, I could see that that was where we wanted to go with things. And it's amazing to me now that video is still, it's still woefully not accepted in the wedding PR as much world as it should be. You know what I mean? Everyone is still hot for 
inspiration shoots and real wedding submissions, but very rarely do you see the video component, which is yeah. boggles my mind where everything else, Facebook live, Instagram, like all, TV, all that stuff. Video is hot. I mean, and it has been, but we're woefully behind in, in the media world for weddings. I would, I would say. So yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's been crazy. Like w- watching the last year, like how everything has evolved and how face uh, Instagram changed the IGTV became it was vertical and now they do horizontal they're just concentrating more on video and they're trying to integrate it into Instagram as well so it's perfect at least for me because I do video so <laughs> I feel exactly. like now we're in front so okay so now I want to ask you when it comes to uh, PR what would a typical pitch look like so when it comes to PR, pitches can mean a few different things, right? If you're pitching uh, for feature coverage of your company in particular, um, by all means, it, that looks different than if you're pitching some article ideas so you can be an expert for it. Um, if you decide to pitch for something about yourself, like maybe you're doing something totally different and what have you, and you want to get it out, whether it's in your local market, um, it would be an email and you'd be more focused on yourself as a story. If it's going to be pitching about story article ideas where you could be an expert in them, that's going to be a bit different. Um, And let me kind of walk you through it. Always going to be an email. Media pitches are always emails. Like it's never anything else. I mean, I guess if you know the journalists really well and you text them a lot, like, okay, maybe, or you do like a DM on Twitter or something like that. But for the most part, historically, especially if you've never ever worked with them before, it's going to be email. Um, From there, you're going to have a subject line. I say keep it short, but sweet, just story idea, article idea. These guys have three to five seconds max to see what you're like and what you want to talk about. And I, I don't, we don't have any more time for that. And so to be able to just go in and do that, And from there, you greet them like you would anyone. I'm a good morning, good afternoon, good evening kind of person myself, but everyone's a little bit different. And then um, from there, make sure you use their name, which I know sounds obvious, but if you're sending out three pitches at once, it's pretty easy to get confused and go, oh, shoot, I should have, you know, (coughs) I called you the wrong name. (laughs) That's my fear. I know, I know. I've done it once. I've done it once a million years ago. It was completely mortifying, but you know, we're all human and it, and it happens. Um, and one time in 10 years isn't too bad. Yeah. But there it's three paragraphs. First paragraph, tell them why you're reaching out. My name is Megan Neely. I'm with OFT Consulting. I'm reaching out today because I follow your work and I have a story idea that I think could be a fit for your readers. Something, I mean, I'm just making that up, but like, boom. Middle paragraph, pitch them what it is. If you're pitching about your company, maybe for an entrepreneurial feature, because they do that sort of thing, give them the, the highlights. Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going into my new storefront. This is why it's different, yada, yada, yada. If you were pitching story ideas, where which is a lot of wedding PR is actually, because there's so many evergreen articles out there. I mean, constant churning out of wedding articles where um, people can be quoted in them. So with that side of it, that second paragraph instead would be maybe two to three story ideas, you know, to to really get people going, just like with those, that contract article we were talking about Um, and maybe why it inspires you. Um, Great example. I, when my um, beloved team, anytime any of them are getting married, I hound them for story ideas based on their own lives. And we had one where one of our former employees, Audrey, she was amazing. We were there through her whole wedding planning experience. 
and she's complaining about her now husband, who's wonderful, Niall, and he was not doing what she thought he should be doing to get ready for the wedding planning and, you know, the wedding and, and not being as involved. And then she realized he loves spreadsheets and got him involved with like tracking the gifts, yada, yada, yada. And so we, because we were very inspired by that, we pitched to brides.com like nine ways to get your groom amped about planning the wedding. And it got picked up and it was completely due to Audrey's like, you know, her experience. So you, you can kind of pull in some of that. And then from there, that last paragraph is all, no matter what you're pitching, it should always be about how you can make it happen for them. Um, these guys are constantly on deadline. They have limited resources. Um, people aren't very reliable getting back to them. So it's always best to be able to get in touch with these guys and um, tell them, listen, I'm happy to provide my expertise. I have professional images. I have video I can share with you. I also belong to the local NACE, WIPA, ILEA, what have you chapter. And if you want a variety of experts, I can certainly connect you. And then you end it and call it a day. Hope for the best. Wow. Okay. So your pitch, I, so I'm writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can send you some samples too. So you got them at the ready. <laughs> so your pitch has three H's. So your first paragraph is hello. Second mm -hmm. paragraph is your highlights, which is your story ideas. And your third paragraph is your how, like how are you going to make it easier? Yes, for them, look right? at you. You should, you should come, come on the road with me and, uh, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll do this together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's cool. I, this is really helpful for me because, um, Whenever I try to contact people for a podcast or, you know, just pitching a, an article or uh, our, our videos, I having like a structure really helps. It, th this is amazing. This is so easy to understand. Three H's. Good, good. And listen, not everybody is going to, um, you know, say yes to that. And that's okay. I think some of the most uh, savvy wedding pros are the ones who recognize that, you know, they, they've got thick skin and not everything's going to be a fit. And that's okay. And listen, sometimes those pitches don't land for a bunch of months. We sent one out last September to, I think it was, no, what was it, Pure Wire or Pop Sugar, like one of the big lifestyle sites. They just wrote back in June on a Friday and said, yeah, we want to run with this and we need everything in three hours. Whoa. And you have to be ready for it. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now I want to ask you for, for myself, for myself this time, I want to be selfish and talk about, <laughs> I, I want to ask you about for, for me as a videographer, what is the best way to portray my expertise and industry knowledge without showing the video of my work? Like, yeah. And, and that's a great question because like I said, one of the biggest challenges I see with videographers, which is why I was so excited to come on here and really dig in with you about is that real wedding features, there are some exceptions, but many of these sites don't accept the video, which, which boggles my mind. I mean, I know a lot of it has to do with their own inner workings. I mean, there's a method to the madness here. But, you know, it's like, how can I show it otherwise? And so that's why videographers in particular are in a really good position because there's just, I'm sure you can agree with me here, there's not enough great education out there about wedding videography. I'm sure you've seen the statistic that the number one regret that, that um, excuse me, engaged couples, now married couples have about their wedding planning is that they didn't hire a videographer, which doesn't do you a lot of good on the other side of it. And so to be able to kind of harness that in all the things that you do know and be able to reach out to writers, especially because there's just so much wedding photography content out there. I mean, if you go to weddingwire.com, you go to Martha Stewart Weddings, 
brides.com, any of those, just type in the word wedding photography and look at all the articles that come up like best shots, what to do before you contract with them. But there are so few in videography. So if I was a videographer, I would go to some of those major sites. I'd run a search on wedding photography and photography. I would see if there's some similarities in writers. Like maybe some writers always write about wedding photography as part of their beat, if you will, which is their area of expertise and pitch to them and say, listen, I've seen these great, you know, wedding photography. I'm curious if you're open to any wedding videography related content. Here are three ideas that I thought could be a fit. Oh. Yeah, like three things or whatever, top things you should already have in place before you meet with videographers. Um, you know, something about videography contracts or timing of videography, because like when the heck do they should they get there? You know, and things like that. It's just such an under the, I would say that and entertainment are two areas that just aren't covered enough. Okay. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's really weird because you you know you would think that since video is already like the next phase, these blogs are actually the the like green wedding shoes and style me pretty. They're starting to feature our our works, so which is good. Which is it's awesome. good. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So mm -hmm. what I do when um when we get featured like for the past few years, what what I do is. Whenever we get featured, I put the video on Facebook. I upload the video natively on Facebook and say mm -hmm. we got featured and then put the link to the feature so mm -hmm. that at least, you know, I've I've gotten like style me pretty like the post or, you know, at least we have the video in front first before mm -hmm. before we do that. But That's it kind of works. But for me, you know, well, I'm going to talk to you about this, but later, but um. But for me, like getting featured is a little tricky for video at least because mm -hmm. the couples that we want are the couples that don't want to get featured. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? <laughs> so yeah, kind of like our personality. No, 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 absolutely. And you've got to be mindful of that because then PR is not the best route necessarily for you outside of some of those quotes and things like that. And that, that is hard, especially when you're, you're working with people who they really don't want to share their wedding, or it could be that they, there's notoriety behind it or things like that. And, and what have you, I mean, absolutely. So then it's like, well, what are the other methods? It's like, if I was a videographer and I worked with enough people that just, it wasn't going to work out that you could share a lot of their content. Um, you know, there's value in going after PR from the expertise area, but also I'd probably readjust some of my strategies and focus more on relationships and networking and, you know, making sure I'm seeing in the good graces of the venues and the planners, to be honest. Yeah, actually that's, that's pretty much how you, so there's this thing. I have a, I have a group of friends in the industry that okay. we talked about it like a few, a few years ago. And we kind of have like in the back of our minds, that whenever you do a styled shoot, you go for companies that have PR firms because it's mm -hmm. easier for you to get featured. Because they always say that, you know, uh, whenever we we do styled shoots and not everyone is a strong addition to the team, the chances of us getting featured is very, very slim. So at least the people who have PR firms, you know that, they're going to do a they're going to give more because they have a PR firm and they want their PR firm to be like okay here here's the submission you know so at least th that's what we were thinking of but i don't know if that's true or not 
you know what I think it comes down to? I think I'd be more apt to say if you're working with people in a style shoot and someone has representation, um, because every publicist is going to be different. You know what I mean? Like, and nothing's ever a guarantee. But if you do have a publicist as part of that inspiration shoot, kind of by proxy with one of the um, wedding pros, what it does is it puts you like it it prioritizes it. It puts it in the hands of someone who it's their job day to day to get that done. Versus, and this is human nature. We do a shoot, then it's May and it's really busy. And we still need to pull some of the images, you know, and it just becomes on the back burner. But if you yeah. hand it to someone like myself or one of my my colleagues in the industry, it's what our day to day is, if that makes sense. That's right. Okay. That makes so much more sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not like we take advantage of these people because we're friends with them too, but <laughs> oh, of course. But I think you're smart to do that. I think it's nice. Um, you know, to consider and ask her and, and think to yourself, well, you know, when it, and I think you bring up a good point when you're doing inspiration shoots, you have to be very particular about who you bring on, yeah. you know, and it's going to have a lot to do with what's their portfolio, what's their turnaround time, are they easy to work with, are they professional and polished, and do they do they say what they're going to do and actually do it, but then also it doesn't hurt to say, well, if they have representation of of course, you be careful because really only one person should submit it, but that could be to your advantage. So I wish people were pickier about who they did inspiration shoots with, to be perfectly candid. Yeah, we just have so much experience with style shoots that whenever we have a style shoot that doesn't really meet everyone's expectations or it wasn't, it was very disappointing. I see the other vendors and, you know, some of the vendors spend more than the others and, you know, we spend money. We actually make an invoice to whoever organizes the styled shoots yeah. to say that this is how much money it costs. I'm going to do this for free, but this but is how much money. The value yeah. is. Absolutely. I wish more people did that so we were at least all understanding because there's going to be the cost of your time. There's hard costs with florals and things like that. I mean, there's yeah. delivery all of that and so i wish i i and that's why i think it's essential to have a plan for pr whether you have someone with you for that or someone else moving forward you know what i mean like no matter how you do it you've got to have a plan okay that's cool yeah. good to know so my next question is let's say you you pitch some topics mm -hmm. to a writer but they don't respond what does the follow-up process look like I tend to not be too aggressive about it. I may follow up one time. I rarely follow up a second time. And this is when you're doing media pitches because they've more likely they've gotten your email. It hasn't gotten lost. They will be in touch if they, if they want with that. And so, and I usually say if you can follow up with something that's a little bit different, that would be nice, you know, to do. Um, otherwise just, you got to recognize in the words of sex in the city that they're just not that into you. And that's okay because someone will be down the road. Now, when it comes to real wedding submissions, if you send something out, typically they have a period of time on their submission page where you may hear back and you're well within your right to follow up until you hear back from them in, in my opinion. And, and if you don't, after multiple attempts, you, you are well within your right to just, you know, kindly withdraw from from it as well oh you could do that i didn't know you could do oh that. i do that well you have to in this day and age because it's like some of them go out of business but don't tell you or oh they say gosh. oh gosh oh gosh i have stories but yeah we've had ones where they've gone out of business but they they're still posting minimally but they're not taking anything else but not publicly telling you there are ones that um we just had one that was accepted months ago like five months ago and it was a published date was in like a week and they wrote and said oh 
we're going to decline this now because we're splitting weddings and lifestyle. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God. Gosh. Yeah. And so you have to stay on top of those guys because as much as there's a million like really wonderful um, professional editors that are out there, there's also people who literally have no idea what they're doing. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. running out of the business. So you have to be mindful of that. Hopefully you're working mainly with all the good ones and we love who we're working with. So, okay. So um, let's say you already did the process, right? You went through, you submitted, and then it took like six months or a year to get well, featured. Probably not yeah. that long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, what what are you supposed to do once you get published? What's like a good strategy for so that? Your, your press only lives as long as you allow it to. And so it's really up to you or, or your publicist, but really you to get keep the engine moving. And I think one of the first things we think to do is to move forward and um, you know post on social media, which is great to start um, when it comes to that. But then, you know, from there, you've got to expand beyond that. So, you know, posting, boosting the ones that are doing particularly well. If you are featured and you're part of a wedding, making sure that the couple as well as the other creative partners know so that they can all share. So that's part of it. Um, you could, if you have an email newsletter, you know, doing a roundup there or on a blog. I love the wedding companies that are building their email lists, which are typically prospects, engaged couples, recently married. And they, and for the really good, like articles where it's how to's and stuff, they're shooting out these, quickie email blasts with some of the top quotes and sending it like, these are what we think are the trends for 2019 and 2020, or these are the trends to throw out the window or whatever, you know, that looks like, um, you know, if they're on a podcast where they've spoken with you and it's been a good fit for them to share with their audience, you'd want them to send that out as well. Um, I would say a press page is great. Once you have minimally three to four great pickups, you know, you get those three to four great pickups. And then from there to go ahead and have a dedicated press page on your website. Um, and just so people can see them because now more than ever engaged couples are researching people like crazy. And so it's important to be able to go and, um, you know, it will, it's important at this point to be able to have the couples come to your site and see that third party credibility by having all that press. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, my last question, well, second to the last question, <laughs> but what are some tips for uh, building strong relationships with writers for, for like ongoing press opportunities? I think getting to know them as people, man. I mean, just get to know them. I mean, don't pitch them immediately. Instead, get to know them and follow them on Instagram and read their articles. Like take some time to really dig in and look at what their articles are and see what they're all about. And, um, you know, from there, I'm, not, I'm a big fan of that personally. Um, and then from there, just get to know their content over time and, you know, pitch them a few don't be pushy. If you don't hear back, send it another time. I would say sign up for things like HARO as well, which is help a reporter out. It's a free program. Monday through Friday, three times a day, you get press leads. Start pitching some of those writers like as the queries make sense. And you know, just get to know them and treat it like a relationship. I, I have gotten to know some of the most amazing people in the world because they're writers. I'll give you a good example. I'm going to Nice Experience next week, which is a big conference. And one of my wedding writer friends, who's also a friend, who I jokingly call my internet friend, Carrie, we are having dinner on Monday. It is the first time we've ever met in person and we've known each other for three years, probably. Wow. 
And we just incrementally, you know, she used to work for one of the big bridal publications and we were sending information back and forth. And then like, we'd start slipping in these little like personal kind of vignettes and we really get to know each other. We can Facebook friends. So it takes time, you know, and, and it can turn into these awesome relationships too, for what it's worth. Okay. That's cool. So yeah, you connect first to the person Yes. because... Get to know them as a human being. Yes. <laughs> that's the thing. Like the, the, That's the yeah. reason why these networking events work so well. It's because people are craving for human connection now. Yes. Because everything's really like, like, you know, follow. And it's not like re a real relationship. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more when it comes to that. And so, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think at the end of the day, um, we're still in the business of people. Period, you know, and and I think it's worth it that we still get to know each other that way. I mean, bearing in mind the media landscapes changed so much that now you're seeing a lot of the world is made up of freelance writers. They are working on their own. They're in coffee shops. They're doing all the stuff we're doing, and there's a camaraderie there. I mean, I've really gotten fairly close with some writers who we've never met in person, but you just you do crave that, you know. And, and I love the relationships I've made. That's that's amazing. Okay, mm -hmm. so my last question is for people who aren't ready to get to ha get a PR firm yet what is the best strategy for them to do to build up to that to build up to because eventually you're going to want to promote your brand and you can't really handle it everything by yourself right so what's the best yeah. way to build up to that yeah i think the best thing to do i mentioned help a reporter out Go sign up for that. First and foremost, everyone should sign up for that. Just type in help a reporter out and it'll, it'll come up. That's a great way to dip your toes in there. Get to know if you're advertising, which a lot of people are and doing it successfully. Get with the people that you advertise with um, and just double check and say, are there any editorial opportunities I need to be aware of to dip your toes in that? Um, you'd have to go, depending on what you do in the industry, Two Bright Lights and Matchology are both really, um, they're low cost, but great investments for submitting weddings out to um, pub blogs and publications. They have amazing tutorials, great ongoing webinars. I'd absolutely look into that as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation. Yay! I love, love, love what we talked about. I feel like we just got a lot covered. <laughs> yeah. are, are you? Is there anything else that you want to say before we... Oh my gosh. I would say just keep at it for people and to know that um, you can get a lot done on your own, which is wonderful. And that, you know, if there's a time and place when you are looking to hire publicity, the very best thing you can do is, um, you know, have a great understanding of where you want to go. And then when you get with these folks, you know, make sure that their relationships and their strategies are a match for where you'd like to go. That's a huge part of it. I mean, I talk to people about that all the time. Okay. Set your goals and make sure they're smart goals. Yes. Right. Oh, and after my own heart. Yes. Yes. Smart goals are, I talk about that they're all the, the time. Best. I love it. <laughs> I love the, the one thing I love about smart goals is the realistic part. Like it has to be realistic. Yeah. Real. And I like it. Yeah. Attainable, realistic and attainable yes. because I always joke that I'm, I don't, I mean, I don't mean to be a dream crusher, but I end up <laughs> being a dream crusher because I'm always like, um, no, it's not a good idea. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. And, and because you have to, like, if it's too pie in the sky and I'm all about thinking big, I mean, I absolutely am. But at the end of the day, like if it's not realistic enough that you're never going to get there, what is the point in putting that goal out there? And maybe yes. that sounds terrible, but maybe that's just me. Yeah. The, you know, in the world of rah, rah, someone has to, 
someone has to bite the bullet and say like, yeah, sorry. I poke holes in things all the time. That's my job. I poke holes in, in what people are doing. Yes. You see, you see what they're special in. Uh, you see how special they are, but then you make sure that they're, you know, they're grounded. And that they're, they're grounded. Absolutely. Like, I, you know, and it's okay to go after these big goals. Like, I'm, I don't want to be a complete dream crusher, but people really need to be mindful of the fact that what's realistic and what's going to happen. If I have a videographer say, I want my videos published everywhere in all the blogs. And I'll say, listen, there's a problem with that because some people don't accept them and it could just be behind the scenes. The format doesn't work for them. And they're like, well, I'm still going to do it. And it's like, that's not realistic though. You know, let's find other ways or let's find you a publicist that's gonna blow smoke yeah i love that there's publicists for this industry because i could just imagine being a publicist for like a rock star or a movie star <laughs> and they Very do all different. these crazy things and you'd probably be you know so well you bring up a good point too real quick just to kind of there is a lot of value in bringing someone in whose niche and understands, you know, someone, if, you know, we have that contract article we're working on and if you were answering it, right. And you send me your answer. And because I know weddings, I can say, well, I see what you're saying, but can you expand on X, Y, and Z? A journalist probably can't do that in the same way because they haven't been in the wedding industry more or less, but then someone who's in more generalized or lifestyle PR can't do that either. Um, but on the other side, I mean, I talk to a lot of great people who really want to penetrate their local market. And I've said, you know what, I'm not the best fit for you. And it pains me because there are people I've met. I'm like, I would die to work with them because they're such a delight, but you're just like, it's not, it's just not going to work for us. So just know that there's so many different ways to go about it. There's no one right way. Yeah. Just like any other relationship, you know, there has to be good chemistry and it has to work out still. Exactly. So with that, I would love. I, I I thank you so much for Thanks for, for having me. with this. Yeah. And it, oh, actually, if you could tell the listeners and the viewers how they could reach you, or if they have any questions, feel free to absolutely. Go. So, best way you can find me is always ofdconsulting.com. Anywhere social I'm OFD Consulting. Um, I, I mentioned my membership program a little bit. That's ofdcollective.com um, as well. And so great way to find me. Um, I foster kittens. So they often show up on my Instagram feed in our mm. office. So keep an eye out for those little buggers. And <laughs> and then I'll be um, for speaking of Ace Experience, Wedding MBA, Signature CEO um, coming up as well. So I'll be at a lot of big conferences. So looking forward to seeing people there as well. All right. It's it's always a pleasure to speak with you and you're Absolutely. always so gracious and whenever you talk to me and it's so inspirational and I cannot wait to see you at wherever event we're going to Vegas meet maybe. Oh, <laughs> probably Vegas, yes. <laughs> so thank you. Oh, I, I really thank appreciate you. it. All the best to you, Megan. Thank you. And that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for being with us this week. If you have some feedback that you'd like to share, please leave a note in the comment section below. If you enjoy this episode on how PR can help build your brand, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see on the bottom of the post. Don't forget to subscribe on the show on iTunes to get automatic episode updates from our Wedding Video Boss podcast. And finally, please take a minute to leave an honest review and rating on iTunes. They really help us out when it comes to the ranking of the show and I make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Actually, I'll read one right now. This is from 
M-N-D-Y-V-N. Okay, I'm going to try to pronounce that. Mandivin. <laughs> Her headline was, Relevant, and I'm not even a videographer. Paul's guests and topics all offer great nuggets of information. I'm just starting in the photography side of this industry, and I find all the conversations to be valuable. I have met Paul at WPPI, and the Paul I met is the same one hosting this podcast. Oh, okay, it's her. <laughs> Genuine and humorous. Keep it coming, Paul. Thanks for sharing your knowledge and new info with the rest of us. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. So keep the reviews coming, guys. I can't wait for the end of season one of the Wedding Video Boss podcast because we have a bunch lined up for you. We have a webinar coming. We have a workshop coming. We have ebooks coming. So you have to be ready, but you have to tell me what you need. Because if we have a conversation, then it'll be easier for me to give you all the information. But you, you just have to wait for it. We're a few episodes away from the end of season one. I can't wait to share all the golden nuggets I've collected over the past months with you. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice. Especially if you're good looking. Boss man out. Season one. I can't wait to share all the golden nuggets I've collected over the past months with you. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice. Especially if you're good looking. Boss man out. <laughs>